Good morning. Leading us in worship this morning is John Spooner. Uh, John really needs no introduction because he's been with us before and is well known to many of you. So I will just say welcome back, John. Thank you. Uh, and I hope you're sitting comfortably because I've got a lot of intimations to get through over and above the ones on the pew leaflet. So a quick run through. The Young Church upcoming events, uh, Christmas stall run by the, the children in 27th of November. Good chance to buy your Christmas presents. And watch out for the first come and try days aimed at children and young people 10 and over for various activities. And I know some of them and I'm quite up for trying some of them. <laughs> Community support team are keen to update the list of housebound members and if you know of anybody could you pass their names to any of the four people that are there listed on the leaflet. The friendly hour meets on Tuesday the 1st of November at uh, 2 p.m. If there's anything you would like published and displayed across Paisley and the Paisley Express, uh, June Proctor has taken over the here, no. June Proctor's taken over the responsibility of putting stuff into the Paisley Daily Express. The men's breakfast, Saturday the 12th of November at 9.30. Contact the usual people, Kenny or Stuart. Uh, the Guild are meeting next Monday the 31st of October. Uh, the street pastors are coming to talk about their work. And from the 7th of November they'll be meeting at 2pm in the afternoon. Now, the other ones. Uh, we've been handing out in the past few weeks, I think, sheet about safeguarding training. Jean tells me that the training for trustees, which are basically elders, uh, the one on the 21st of November is now full, and it will probably be the next year before another date is available, but Jean will keep you well up to date and browbeat you into doing it. Uh, Last week we announced the death of one of our members, Jean Miller. Uh, I've got details of her funeral. It will take place on Friday the 11th of November at 2.30 in Woodside Crematorium. And one from Muriel Smith, uh, looking for volunteers to help with the Bubblegum and Fluff program, which uh, runs in the Outreach Centre, and this year it's on the Thursday the 8th of December. It's aimed at primary six children to give them the exploring the real meaning of Christmas. And this year the, the figures, the number of people who are coming is about 110 between Lyon Craig's and Bushy's primary schools. And uh, Muriel, if you want any more information, speak to Muriel. Uh, right. There is an urgent requirement for ladies and gents toiletries plus cleaning materials for the refugees and asylum seekers in the Renfrewshire area. The Renfrewshire Homeless Centre will accept these donations and distribute around where most needed. Tubs have been placed at the doors in the church here and at the hub in Glenburn uh, for any donations. Also the, the washing line uh, appeal is going up in both buildings shortly, looking for donations of socks, hats, scarves, gloves, also aimed at the, the homeless in Needy and Renfrewshire. And these lines will remain in place until about the middle of January. Uh, right, community support. Uh, community support team are aware that between now and Christmas there will be many opportunities to support various good causes. Uh, please 
do not feel it is necessary to contribute to every one of these. The recipients of any of the, the, the goods and so forth will be grateful for anything that we can provide and it will be distributed as required to the various uh, organisations that need them. But over the, between now and Christmas, we just feel that we might be asking a bit much every week for something. So as, as you can do it, we would be very grateful. Thank you very much. Good morning. Thank you, Hamish, for your kind words of, of welcome. And thank you to you folks for all, all the lovely comments that I and my wife have received since we came into the building this morning. It is genuinely lovely to be back with you. And my very sincere thanks to Barry for inviting me to lead your worship today. A call to worship. Our times are in the hands of the eternal God, and there, in faith, we entrust them. God was in all our yesterdays. God is in every moment of our today. God promises to be with us in our tomorrows. So here in this sacred place and in this time given to us, we will worship the living God, who was, who is, and who ever will be. Let us worship God as together we sing our first hymn, which is Spirit of Truth and Grace, come to us in this place. Hymn number 608.
come before God in prayer. Let us pray. Our God, you are a God of love. Love is the very nature of your being. It flows ceaselessly from your heart, flowing to us. Yes, Lord, even to us. Words cannot adequately describe the depth and the extent of your love. It's so high we can't get over it. It's so low we can't get under it. And it's so wide we can't get round it. Your love for us is so high. It is absolute in purity and it is unconditional. It is tender and true. It is for all. Yet for each individual person it is intimate. We cannot earn your love and we do not deserve it. But still it is ours. Your gift of grace to us. Your love for us is so deep that we cannot fully understand it. But we believe that it was out of the depth of your love that you sent Jesus into this world to bring people into relationship with you, as by his teaching and living he proclaimed and showed the extent of your love. By his death on a cross and rising again from death, he has crushed all that could ever separate us from your infinite love. Your love for us is so wide that there is no place there is no situation or circumstance, there is no time in which your love does not reach us. God of infinite love, today and every day, in this sacred place and out in the ordinary places of our world, we give you our thanks, we worship and adore you, we praise your holy name. Lord, the unbounded nature of your love is shown to us in so many varied ways. Blessings in our daily lives, the joys of relationships, opportunities to be of service, the assurances of our faith, peace which is beyond our understanding, forgiveness for all the ways and times we disappoint others and we let ourselves down and we fail you. Father, we are sorry that so often and in so many ways our living falls short of the standards taught by your word. We do and say things which we should not do or say. We fail to do and say things which we ought to do or say. We allow our relationship with you and with your people to be less than it should be. God, in your mercy and redeeming love, forgive us, we pray. And being forgiven, lead us into your righteousness and make your way before us. These prayers we bring in Jesus' name. And now we continue to pray in the words which he taught, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, power and the glory forever. Amen. <coughs> Our scripture lessons this morning are firstly from the book of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and the verses 1 to 14. Ecclesiastes 3 verses 1 to 14. Listen now for the word of God. 
For everything its season, and for every activity under heaven its time. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time for mourning and a time for dancing. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to abstain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to discard. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time for silence and a time for speech. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What profit has the worker from his labour? I have seen the task that God has given to mortals to keep them occupied. He has made everything to suit its time. Moreover, he has given mankind a sense of past and future, but no comprehension of God's work from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing good for anyone except to be happy and live the best life he can while he is alive. Indeed, that everyone should eat and drink and enjoy himself in return for all his labours is a good I know that whatever God does lasts forever. There is no adding to it and no taking away. And he has done it all in such a way that everyone must feel awe in his presence. Amen. Our second reading is from Philippians. The letter to the Philippians at chapter 2 and the verses 1 to 11. Listen again. If then our common life in Christ yields anything to stir the heart, any consolation of love, any participation in the Spirit, any warmth of affection or compassion, fill up my cup of happiness with love for one another and a common attitude of mind. Leave no room for selfish ambition and vanity, but humbly reckon others better than yourselves. Look to each other's interests and not merely your own. Take to heart among yourselves what you find in Christ Jesus. He was in the form of God, yet he laid no claim to equality with God, but made himself nothing, assuming the form of the slave. Fearing the human likeness, Sharing the human lot, he humbled himself and was obedient even to the point of death, death on a cross. Therefore God raised him to the heights and bestowed on him the name that is above all names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth, in the depths, and every tongue acclaim, Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. We are blessed with these readings from his book, and to his name be the praise and the glory. We continue to worship now as we sing our next hymn, which is Jesus, the very thought of thee, with sweetness fills my place, and that's hymn 560.
The Lord says, be still and know that I am God. Christ says, it is I, do not be afraid. And in response, we say, in you, O Lord, we put our trust. Be with us now, Lord, as we reflect on your word for us today, as we take your message with us from this sacred place and time, as we return to live our daily lives among your people and in your world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Life is so complicated today. It's just not as simple as it used to be. Life today is so complicated. It's just not as simple as it used to be. Have you ever had a thought like that? Or expressed to some other folk an opinion in that vein? As you scan back over the years, the events and the circumstances of your own life, you could probably and easily identify a lengthy list of enormous changes in so many different aspects of the passing years. The past few decades have certainly seen some, seen some mind-blowing developments, all based around scientific and technical innovation, in medicine and health, in communications and travel, in information handling and sharing, even in how we do our shopping, and many more different ways. I guess that at some point or another, you may have wondered what changes and developments in science and technology the next few years will bring. When I think about the changes which my mum, who is now 94, has seen in her lifetime, and then I think about the world in which my grandchildren, who are aged 7, 4 and 2, when I think about the world in which they are growing up, I really cannot imagine how different the world will be for them as they grow through childhood, youth and into adulthood. And I guess that I'm not alone in that thought. However, the past few decades have also seen significant changes in more than science and technology. There have been many fundamental changes in the aspects of the structure of our society, of how we live, of how we prioritise our use of time, of how we connect with other people. For various reasons, I've thought a lot about these issues in recent times and I've come to the conclusion that there is an important common thread running through them. Indeed, it is a golden thread which runs through much of the Bible. It is about something which affects every single person. It has a huge influence on every part of life in our world. It is relevant in every time frame, both through every past century and most certainly today. And it's undoubtedly of considerable importance in the church. And what is that thread? It is one word. Relationships. Before going any further, I would want to say that sadly, common usage of the, world, of the word relationship these days can be very casual. And certainly it's used in senses which have much less depth than the true meaning of the word. Our New Testament lesson this morning was from the letter which Paul and Timothy wrote to all the believers of Jesus in Philippi, pastors and ministers included. Our text verses are the first four, which I will read again. 
Firstly, from the New International Version, which says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in, in spirit and one of mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And now in the Good News Translation. Your life in Christ makes you strong and his love comforts you. You have fellowship with the Spirit and you have kindness and compassion for one another. I urge you then to make me completely happy by having the same thoughts, sharing the same love and being one in soul and mind. Don't do anything from selfish ambition or from a cheap desire to boast, but be humble towards one another, always considering others better than yourselves. And look out for one another's interests, not just your own. The language of the Eugene, Eugene Peterson translation of the Bible, which is entitled The Message, brings a different clarity to what we read. So let me read these verses from Philippians from that translation. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favour. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. It was a very long time ago that these words of encouragement were written for a group of believers in Philippi. Paul wrote them out of the deep reality of knowing what adversity and hardship were. He had been thrown in prison. He was put in trial. And he came out of it in one piece. We're all very aware of the current issues facing the Church of Scotland, of refocusing what we do in the mission of Christ and restructuring of the Kirk at all levels so that it can most effectively fulfil its mission. Unlike Paul, we are fortunate that we are unlikely to be thrown into prison for our faith, although in other parts of the world this is still the horrific experience of some of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Our circumstances and challenges may be very different to those of the believers in Philippi, but Paul's words are nonetheless relevant for us today. Paul impresses upon us the importance of right and strong relationships amongst believers within the family of faith. He uses phrases such as, in humility value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. He also says, don't do anything from selfish ambition or from a cheap desire to boast, but be humble toward one another, always considering others better than yourselves. I haven't included a reading from the Gospels in the order of service, 
but I will make reference to several incidents recorded in the Gospels, and I'm sure that you will be familiar with all of them. But first, let me pose a question, and I don't want hands to shoot up and answers to be shouted out as in a school classroom, but I pose it that in your own time you might reflect on it. The question is this, why did God send his only beloved son Jesus into our world? There may be a variety of theologically sound answers, but I would suggest that they could be summarised as follows. To restore the relationship between God and his people, the relationship which had been broken by the sin of mankind. I'll repeat that. God sent Jesus to restore the relationship between God and his people, the relationship which had been broken by the sin of mankind. Do you think that's a fair and reasonable summary? We don't have time today to trace the full history of human sinfulness. Suffice it to say that it began in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve followed the encouragement of the snake and ate the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, disobeying God's instruction. We read of how God's chosen people, the people of Israel, turned away from worshipping the one true God and instead they worshipped false gods and idols. And so that story goes on, even in the present day, maybe more so in the present day, where people, including those who call themselves Christian, and that might just include us, do not always live their lives fully in accordance with not only the ancient law, but also not in accordance with the priorities which Jesus set out in his teaching. The Gospels record the life and teaching of Jesus and it's become very clear to me recently that Jesus was all about relationships. Jesus developed relationships with individual people and in each relationship he saw the person for what they were. He saw, and importantly, he met their need. Jesus called two fishermen, Simon and Andrew, and invited them to come and follow me and I will teach you to catch people. He invited them into a dynamic working relationship with him through which they would be involved in advancing God's plan for his people. To what extent do we see our role in the church as being in a strong and dynamic working relationship with Jesus, bringing the kingdom of heaven here on earth? Jesus was in a boat with his disciples and as they crossed the lake, a fierce storm blew up. Jesus was asleep and the disciples were terrified. Jesus calmed the storm, stilled the waves and brought peace to his disciples. From the depth of his relationship with his team, Jesus knew that they were experienced and skilled seafarers. But he also knew that their problem was a lack of faith. And that caused these men to question and think about their relationship with the Master. Do we have a recognisable lack of faith? And how much do we really think about and challenge ourselves about our relationship with Jesus? From within a crowd, an anonymous woman emerged. A woman who had a persistent and long-standing medical issue. 
All she wanted was to be able to secretly touch the clothes that Jesus was wearing, as she believed that such action would lead to her healing. But Jesus saw more than that, as he told her that her faith had made her well, and he told her to go in peace. Jesus saw that, saw that the woman's deeper need, that her medic, sorry, Jesus saw that woman's deeper need, that her medical condition meant that she was considered to be unclean and was therefore ostracized from society. Are our relationships with other people good and perceptive enough that we can see not just their obvious need, but their deeper needs? And then, are we able to respond to them appropriately? Jesus and his disciples had been really busy and they were tired and hungry. So Jesus suggested to them that they move to a quiet place to rest. But the crowd followed them and Jesus had pity on them as they were like sheep without a shepherd. And that was the setting for the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. Do we relate to other people in such a way that we identify their needs as our priority and then put them before our own? The church faces many and varied issues, and I'm sure that we could all write a long list of them. As I look forward and contemplate my own role as a reader, as I look towards the future and what it might hold for the congregation my wife and I belong to at Nielsen Parish Church, having been privileged to have been local at Glenburn for two and a half years, and as I think about your situation here in Paisley St George's, as the draft Presbytery Mission Plan is prepared for consideration at the meeting of the Presbytery in November, and consideration is given to how it will impact on every congregation in the Presbytery area, I cannot get away from the questioning thought about what our priorities should be as we go forward. I don't have a single definitive answer, but more and more I'm convinced that it is not primarily about money or what buildings are used, or about membership. It is about relationships. God calls on us to attend to our relationships, and I'm sure that there is an order, a hierarchy, for these relationships. Firstly, our relationship with God, then our relationship with each other in the church, and then both and together, leading to our relationship as Christ spoke with our community, our society and our world. In his letter to the church in Rome, Paul said, For I am convinced that there is nothing in death or in life, in the realm of spirits or superhuman powers, in the world as it is or the world as it shall be, in the forces of the universe, in the heights or depths, nothing in all creation that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can destroy the relationship which there can be between God and us. The God with us relationship is secure because it is God who initiates it. But what about the us with God relationship, the other way round? Is that equally secure, remembering that the control of that relationship is in our own hands? As we read earlier in his letter to the Philippians, Paul said, 
Your life in Christ makes you strong and his love comforts you. You have fellowship with the Spirit and you have kindness and compassion for one another. I urge you then to make me completely happy by having the same thoughts, sharing the same love and being one in soul and mind. Our first reading was from the Old Testament from Ecclesiastes. The words we read will be very familiar to us as they're often used at funeral services. I don't intend to say much about that passage except that it sets before us a series of contrasts about the value and use of time in various situations, not least in how we deal with and handle relationships. And in that, there are options for us to weigh up and choices to make. If our relationship with God as individuals and together as the body of Christ is right, then I believe that our relationships with each other within the church and by that I mean not only in any congregation, but across the denominations and across the world. Our right relationships with each other will flow. Not only will they flow, but they will spill out, maybe hopefully flood out, in the relationships which we develop and culture in the world, to the glory of God. So, let it be, Lord. Amen. Let us pray. Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together. Oh, bind us together with love. Amen. We continue in praise as we sing the hymn, We are one in the Spirit, we are one in the Lord. And it's number 84 in your, your praise book. We are one in the spirit, we are one in the Lord. <coughs> Thank you. 
continue to worship God as the choir sing the anthem. Take this moment, sign and space, and our offerings will be brought forward. <laughs> Concern not only for the few but for all. And we seek your blessing 
by all elected representatives in government at every level and on the staff who advise and support them. May the relationships between different groups within communities be founded in tolerance and mutual respect for the beliefs and traditions of others. May the relationships between and across the generations be mutually strong, respectful and supportive. The Church is the body of Christ in the world, so we pray that the relationships between denominations of differing traditions and theological emphasis may be respectful, ever mindful of and striving towards the fulfilment of the prayer of Christ, that they may all be one. May the personal relationship which individual members of the church have with you work may it be living and dynamic, evidence in Christ-like relationships with each other. In the necessary restructuring of the church at national and local levels, may your spirit guide both the discussions and negotiations which are ongoing and the decision-making which will have to follow in the coming weeks. May all such bring to fruition the mission of Christ in this place. May your blessing rest on this congregation and parish, as work, worship and service continue week by week. Be with Barry as she fulfills her ministry of work and sacrament, and be with the office bearers and all who plan and lead in the life of the congregation. Be with all whose commitment is total and unstinting, and Lord, we ask that through our lives and service, you would touch the hearts of those who prefer to stand back in the silence. We pray for the individual members of this congregation and its associated organisations, from the youngest through all ages and stages of life, that you would bind these people together with cords of love, and it would be clear to all that you love them, each and every one. We pray for people in this congregation and others known to us for whom life is difficult and presents huge challenges, folk whose health is of concern, people who have been believed, people who struggle to get through each day for whatever reason, immobility, financial worries, loneliness, feelings of hopelessness, feelings of being of little worth. Bless and sustain people who devote time and effort to caring for and supporting others, both professionally and simply out of the love of being family, friends and neighbours. Lord, give them compassion and patience. Keep them strong and may they be used as bearers of your love and peace. In the quiet of this sanctuary, we pray for our own families, our friends and ourselves. God of love and mercy, in Christ we are ransomed, healed, restored and forgiven. So in the certainty of your love and the assurance of your strength and support through the power of the Holy Spirit, help us always to be agents of reconciliation and healing as we fulfil your calling to us to play our part in building the kingdom here on earth. These prayers we bring in the name of Jesus. And now we sing again the lovely hymn, Lord of Creation, to you be all praise. Hymn 500, and during this, we will welcome the children with us. 
What have you been doing this morning? Sorry? And yeah, costume, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because you've got on Halloween costumes. There was something I was told this is a special Sunday. I'm, I'm Thank <laughs> you. 
up with normal people. <laughs>
presence and the power of Almighty God. And may the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Spirit be with us and with all for whom we have prayed, wherever they may be, in this world or in the next, today and always. Amen.